David, I don't think they're going to be able to grow into this new job. What do I do? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Hey there, and welcome to the end of season three of Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you for all of the great comments, the questions you've sent in, uh, as well as sharing this podcast with other leaders and other managers in your life. Always appreciate those shares and any reviews that you leave, any way you can to promote what we're doing here and help people to lead without losing their soul with those practical leadership tips. It's an exciting time at Let's Grow Leaders headquarters where we record the podcast. We've got a new book coming out in 2020. If you're listening uh, in 2020, it's called Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. That's coming out in uh, July of 2020 from HarperCollins. And then, of course, uh, Winning Well, A Manager's Guide to Getting Results Without Losing Your Soul is available for you as well with more of these practical tools if you'd like to read. And they're also available on audio if obviously you are a listener. So this question uh, about what to do when an employee has a job that outgrows them is a question that we hear every once in a while. And this specifically came uh, from a question a person asked us at a uh, uh, a leadership intensive that we were doing. So, you know, we do long-term leadership development programs with companies and corporations. And in one of them, the details around her question went like this. She said, look, I've got a team member who's very experienced and does their job well, but the job is evolving. It's going from a highly technical, responsive role to a more proactive management role. So you can see that kind of shift. And she went on, she said, listen, I just don't think they're going to be able to grow into the new job requirements. But the thing is, they're a valuable member of the team. There's lots of other work to do on our team. But I think it's going to be difficult to transition them into that other work without making them feel like they're getting demoted, which they're not. It's just that the job has changed. So if you're in a situation like this, and if you're not, you will be at some point in your career, and one of the things that I really appreciate about the question is the compassion behind it, the awareness of what could potentially be happening for this person, uh, concern for where they are and what best to do for them. We want to make sure not to let that limit your leadership or the way that you can serve the employee in this circumstance, but it's good that that awareness is there. So to address this kind of a situation where the job has outgrown the employee, you want to start with your own mindset to help you navigate your own emotions, remember that when the job outgrows the person, you aren't doing this to them. You're not being mean. You're not taking action against them. Life has happened and circumstances have changed. And now you're trying to help the employee and the team to navigate that change in a way that helps everyone to succeed. They need you to lead here. So we talk a lot about confidence and humility. And this is one of those times where Landing in the end and showing up with both confidence and humility can be very helpful. Confidence that this needs to happen, that there's a positive way through it. The humility to recognize you're not doing anything to the person. You're not acting like God. You're not in that kind of a role. You are trying to help. 
Next thing you want to do is share that you care. When you talk with the individual, be sure that they know that you care about them, that you care about their career, and you want them to be successful now and in the future. It's so important that they know that you really value them, which you do or you wouldn't be thinking this way. And that's what, I again, I appreciate about the question. You're thinking through it carefully. So the fact that you have that compassion means you do care. So having that conversation, it might not be received right away, but you want to get that out there to begin with. Next thing you need to do is clarify what success looks like. This is another one of those areas where clear shared expectations are vital. So to clarify what success looks like, it's important to acknowledge that change often happens incrementally. It's hard to see it from moment to moment. You know, you turn around and your kids are taller than you. When did that happen? Well, it happened through minute moments of growth every day. So to clarify what success looks like, it's important that you ditch the diaper genie. You have an honest discussion about how things are changing and why. Maybe it's been incremental. Maybe it's happened over time. We need to stop reframe what's going on, write a new job description based on the evolved role, be clear and specific that the old role will no longer exist and what the new position will require. You want to be upfront that the evolved position, the new position, requires different competencies and behaviors from the previous role. The idea here is that talking in terms of the new versus old can help to clarify the options going forward. That way it doesn't feel like something's being done. It's not unfair. It's an acknowledgement. These are the circumstances that have changed. This is what we're going to do going forward. This is why we're going to do it. This is what's required in order to do it. This is what success looks like when you do it. All of that takes a moment for the person to digest if they haven't been thinking about it. And look, many times people are aware of these things subconsciously or you know, deep down there, they have that unease that they're feeling, recognizing that it's not as comfortable, it's not as easy, it's not, uh, they're not being as effective as they used to be. So when you can call all of that out, get it on the table, now you can talk about it. And after you do that, you want to invite their perspective. You don't want to assume the other person's response. This is a mistake that sometimes well-intended leaders will make. The other person might surprise you. Someone who looks like they could succeed in the new role may not want to go there. Or an employee who you suspect can't do the new role may be really energized and interested and self-aware enough to acknowledge where they need to grow. So you want to give them a chance. Ask for their perspective. So here's the new role. This was the old rule. Here's the new rule. Here's what success looks like. Here's what's going to be required. What do you think? And if you need a day or two to think about it, take it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. If they're interested in that evolved role and you still have concerns about their ability to succeed, share them. If you have a specific observation that you've noticed, and especially if you've spoken with them about it before, you can talk about that. Reinforce what it will take to succeed and ask if that's what they want to do. But if you have a specific concern, get it on the table now. Hey, listen, I've noticed that when it comes to um, organizing your data and holding everybody accountable for accuracy, that it's something that you seem to have struggled with in the past. And, you know, we've talked about it. And that's going to be key going forward. I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. So get it out there. 
they already know. And if they don't, they need to, or they're not going to succeed. And you're helping them. You're doing them a favor by making sure and address that up front. Just give them an honest chance to respond to it. And then as you conclude this conversation, you want to prepare a plan. Recognize that the growth and the change that are happening to your employee, to you, and to the rest of the team, these are real things, and everyone needs help transitioning. How are you going to help the employee transition, either to the new role or to a different one? The employee may want to try the new role. If so, create a clear plan. What are the skills that they need to master and the behaviors that they need to show to demonstrate? Be specific about what support they can and cannot expect along with the time frame. And if they aren't interested, how will you help them move to a role that's better suited for them? If they need to move to a different role, they'll likely have some concerns about their future if it feels like moving backward. You can ask them about areas where they want to develop and help build a plan for their continued growth. Is there any opportunity you have to put some challenging work into the new role that really leverages their strengths? Whatever plan you create, be sure that you implement it and follow through with it. Finishing Strong is vital to help your employee feel confident. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. Hey, I love to answer questions, and if you will send me your leadership or management-related question or a question regarding any previous episode of the show, I will be happy to answer that for you here in a future episode. You can get your question to me one of two ways. Either email it to david.die, D-Y-E, at letsgrowleaders.com, or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You'll see a big orange button. Click that button, and you can record your question. Leave us your name, where you're from, and your question, and we'll get that on for you. Today's question is not as much of a question, a little bit, uh, but it's a follow-up to the recent episode on how to start team accountability when you haven't done that in the past. And so Ashish wrote in, I think there's a hidden gem in step number four. And just to reinforce what was step number four, step number four was about reinforcing expectations. You know, if your team's a rock band, you're the drummer, keeping the new accountability commitment in front of them. And for that that accountability, you can literally review it daily when you're first doing a confidence burst and and setting that new behavior. Uh, So just to refresh you, if, if you haven't listened to that episode in a little bit, you weren't holding your team accountable, you're going to start holding them accountable. When you first set the stage, it's important that you reinforce that behavior uh, as often as possible, usually for a week or two, that you call attention to it, that you make it the MIT, the most important thing for every day. Hey, remember, we're really working on keeping our commitments, holding ourselves accountable to one another, and so on. That's what step four is all about, is being the drummer and keeping that in front of them. So with that context, Ashish says, I think there's a hidden gem in step number four in that a constant reinforcement is essential for success and can actually multiply results by constantly reminding people of the new path that the team is on. 
People have the propensity to fall back on old habits and that can hamper change. By getting team commitment and then reinforcing that commitment in a daily stand-up, the chances for success in the endeavor to restart the wheel of accountability skyrocket as opposed to without that reinforcement. And Ashish, of course, totally agree. Thank you for taking the time to uh, acknowledge that that hidden gem and exposing it to the light. Absolutely, the cadence of accountability is vital for high-performing teams. And it's not just the leader's work. In high-performing teams, everyone is practicing that full-circle accountability. And so the thing that I would add is anything that you can do to create the expectation of mutual accountability and then to celebrate that accountability when it happens is vital. Your team's going to be watching. Is she really serious about this? Does he mean what he says? And the more that you are able to call attention to it when it happens and say, yes, you just held each other accountable. That's what I'm talking about. That's you hold me accountable. Great. The more that they're able to see that and not just that you tolerate it, but that you celebrate it changes the game. So Ashish's question was a little bit more of a comment, but still an opportunity to reinforce and call to light a really important aspect of holding your team accountable for the first time. So that wraps up our questions for today. Send in your question. Today's episode was based on one of those questions, and we will use them in a future episode. I look forward to answering your question. Remember that growth, as good as it is, can be a challenge for you as a leader and for your team. It gives you an excellent opportunity to help your team members continue to grow themselves and and expand your own capacity. But when the job outgrows your employee, you got to stay grounded in your concern for doing what's important for the team and your concern for the employee. Let both of those shine through and you'll do well. Have the conversation, reset expectations, talk about what success looks like, get their perspective on what they'd like to do, and develop a plan to help them get there. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.